0: 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Gary Sanchez strike out a hundred times or seeing Judge hit a bomb, bang. Bogart's making plays, Rafi hitting nukes, or Barnes blowing a save. Arguing with your friend, making dumb bets, or complaining about your team again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Come on, y'all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. So chill with us, cause Gamby and Beal are gonna say it all. Manfred, Gamby and Beal are making a podcast. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. I am Andrew Gambardella III, the resident Yankees fan of this podcast. And I'm absolutely ecstatic because now joining me, as always, I get ecstatic every time you we, we do this, this podcast, B.O. Back in Raleigh, North Carolina, after visiting me this weekend to take home my company's Golf Scramble Tournament Championship, is Matthew Beal, our resident Red Sox fan. Beal, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic.
0: That was a longer intro than usual. And fantastic as you are is as as fantastic as you were this Saturday on the golf course. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't mean to brag, but my, my best friend is a very, very solid golfer. He was MVP of our team this weekend. Um, that took home the trophy. We shot six under. Um, yeah, I mean everybody had their moments, but you put you put the golf ball to one foot twice from the fairway, and you chipped in on hole 15 on a par three. Um, you had incredible moments, and it was an absolute blast this weekend. So I thank you, Beal, for coming up here um for the tournament um, it was
1: a blast and thank you for having me but you know my mvp goes to captain gamby for uh, putting the squad together oh. um it was a team effort and uh yeah i, I think uh I, I was happy to come out with the dub i have not won many golf tournaments in my life and so that was that was pretty exciting it's always a good feeling to win and uh it's it's always a good feeling to be a part of the team
0: yeah the the experience that you portrayed out there was definitely helpful to a team where the other three guys on the team, including me, this was our first tournament ever. Um, especially it was the first time I've really like played best ball, except for the day before when uh, will got here early and we went out for a practice round. Um, so team golf's a lot more fun than uh, being competitive with you. I mean, it's fun to be competitive with you, you know, and good spirits, because we always do that when we go out there. You compete with yourself, you compete with everybody, you try to be the best you can be, um, but really rooting for your best friends against uh, a field of everybody else, and just and being by yourselves and getting to cheer pure joy for your friend chipping in is is something that I will miss because I I don't know the next time I'm gonna be in a tournament setting like that because it was it was it was a blast.
1: It was. It was. It was a fun time. I uh, I was telling one of my buddies at work today that I have caught the golf bug again. I haven't played in a while, and a lot of that is due to just being exhausted from having a new job and like getting accustomed to a new area. But, um, but I'm, I'm ready. I am like fully dialed in. I wanted to go to the range or play nine today. Um, but it ended up being too late at a few things I had to do. But I think tomorrow I'm gonna hit the range. Um, I am very excited to like fully get back into golf. I uh, I used to play every day back in high school, but now after college and moving a few times, it's just it's been tough to get out on the course. But I am antsy to play golf, and it's kind of all I thought about today. So it was it was a fun experience for me. And uh, and yeah, I've. I definitely
0: caught the golf bug. I'm glad that uh, your golf
1: itch is, is attributed to this weekend because
0: I mean, it was such a high, I I don't know. I'm thinking about going tomorrow to get, you know, just go to the range and and see how it feels. But I, I don't know the next time where I'm going to feel, have that much fun on a golf course. So, it might flow the other way for me. It might make me play a little bit less, but it was an absolute blast. Um, thank you for coming. We had great food, of course, of course. great time, good laughs. Um, yeah.
1: Anytime,
0: you're welcome here anytime, you know that. But back to what this podcast is all about. It's about baseball, and we're in. we're nearing the trade deadline, which is tomorrow. We're filming this Monday, August 1st. The trade deadline is tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time, August 2nd. I want to say I don't know if I have that time completely right, but I I think it's right. But anyways, one of us will look that up in a couple of minutes to confirm that. But there's been a ton of moves that have happened already. Um, but first, I want to reflect on what happened last week with our predictions. I predicted the Yankees would go three and three last week. I mean, four and two last week. They end up going three and three. They take three of three of four from the Royals at home and in the subway series against the Mets um, at city field, we got swept. Um, All the games that we lost were from a combined five runs. um, We're in every game we play Um, and going three and three cashman responded by that. I don't even care how we did this past week. Cashman responded with that by adding four players. I said, we need an outfielder, a starter and a reliever. We end up getting two relievers, a bo- an all-star starter, and an all-star outfielder. Um, yeah, I, I can't be any more ecstatic as a, as a Yankees fan right now.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I think you guys are in a really good place. It's I, I had something said to me today, and it really put things into perspective. But, like, the Yankees went out and they signed Benny. And I would say that's probably, like, going after an all-star, that's an equivalent of last year's Red Sox going after Schwarber. Okay. Um, but, it, and the first-place team, you know, going after an all-star, big move. But the Yankees didn't get complacent. They weren't like, oh, we got our all-star, we're good. The Yankees then went out and got a frontline starter and two relievers after that. And that is a big, big uh, trade deadline uh, day for, well I, I don't know I guess week for the Yankees to do all that and not a lot of teams have the balls to do it the Yankees have the farm, si- farm system that can support those trades but um, but yeah I just honestly hats off to Cashman it's something that has frustrated me about the Red Sox I, I feel like a lot of teams make a big splash move and they get very complacent but you, you really needed to uh, I don't know I, I guess it, you have a great starting rotation, but I, I think they just, you know, once once we start hitting midseason and, like, get past midseason, I think we're, like, 60 games left at this point, um, people start getting tired, people start getting hurt. And that's exactly what happened to the Sox last year. And you can't plan for injuries except for have a backup to those injuries. Yeah. Or yeah. just fill in better pitchers and your current pitchers go into a spot where they are the replacements. And then, like, you can't get any worse from what you already are. And so hats off to the Yankees for that. They, I mean, have an incredibly deep bullpen now. They have a very deep starting rotation and they've added to their offensive lineup, which is just terrifying. Um, Yeah.
0: And we did it all with only giving up one of our top five prospects. We gave up Ken Waldachuk, lefty pitcher, who is From what I've read, from what I've seen from his highlights, he looks like he is pretty nasty. But as I say with always, until they get to the majors, prospects, you never know with injuries and all these other things factoring in, going into a new system over with the athletics now. You never know how they're going to pan out. So the Yankees end up giving up somewhere around, I mean, they gave up a a bunch of like six prospects in all of these deals to get these players they gave up three top 10 prospects um a couple top 20s and then another top 30 prospect in their system but we're still loaded we still have four other top 100 prospects um so uh, cashman has been a genius um and this team is loaded but we have responded to injuries like you said and depth is key in any sport um and exiting the dog days of summer uh um, Severino goes down. Now with injury, we go and get um, Montas. And then King, Michael King goes down for the season. We go and get Scott Efros Efros from uh, the Cubs. Um, and, and Montas is a guy who will be, he's not just a rental like Schwarber is and like Benintendi is. Um, both these guys are controllable for the foreseeable future. Montes only has another year, but Lou Trevino, the closer for the A's, has another three years of con- team control, and Scott Efros will have him until 2027. So, I mean, this Cashman has, has worked magic once again. Um, and Cashman, I trust he's going to bring the World Series back to the Yankees. Not him, the players obviously will do it, but. This team, this man, even Aaron Boone, um, has dug out all third base coach, first base, everybody in this system right now. My hopes are at a sky high for this team, um, as seen by our Instagram story that I that I sent out today. I was absolutely ecstatic when I heard the news that we got Montas um, when I got got home from work. Uh,
1: I I I don't know. Are are my hopes too high, Beal? I don't think your hopes are too high. I, I think your hopes are where they should be. You should be optimistic and the Yankees have done everything right so far. I think, um, I, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've, I, I think we've all given, uh, a little bit of grief, uh, Cashman's way and he deserved it up until this point. I, I do think that he's done a good job this year of putting in the pieces of, of doing the work to build the championship worthy roster. And, uh, uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think your hopes are too high. I, I think he's done a good job, and now's the time for the lineup to prove it. But, I mean, he's done his part, and I do think at, at the end of the day, it was right for the Yankees to keep him on. And, I mean, you know, I, I don't take back my criticism of him before this year because I think he was absolute ass. And the Yankees are not a team that should go on this long of a drought because of who they are, how much money they could spend, and how many players want to go play in New York. I don't think they have a lot of excuses for not having one since 2009. But um, but what they're doing this year is working to get back to where they once were. And uh, and we're going to see come playoff time. I mean, I hope they get absolutely shit-pumped in the first round by <laughs> uh, whoever they play. I don't know, Rays, Blue Jays, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've, they've done the right things. And hats off to Cashman. I, I got to give credit where credit's due.
0: Yeah, um this trade deadline so far has been as has been one of the most busy trade deadlines in, in a while um as for the Yankees that is because that that's when I'm totally engaged. Um, every trade deadline has big moves but the biggest move the biggest trade ship right now is Juan Soto he hasn't moved yet. Um, we'll see for our episode that we film on Wednesday after the trade, line, trade deadline is done. It is 6 p.m. tomorrow, August 2nd. I was on the nose about that. But the the biggest trade chip hasn't fallen yet. I, I don't know where he's going. Beal, do you have a prediction in mind for a team?
1: I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I keep hearing the Padres um... – I, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. It seems like with the deals that the Padres have been making, like I feel like their sweepstakes for Juan Soto have maybe ended with the Nationals just asking for too much. Um, yes, but, especially because they just traded for Hater and they yeah. had to give up a good amount for Hater. Right, right. And, again, I mean, uh, the trade deadline's tomorrow at 6, so there is more time. The Nationals, I was thinking about this today. Um The Nationals are in the best position to trade their players, Josh Bell and Juan Soto, because if they wait too long, these are guys that can just not want to be there, and then they lose all the leverage of having a contract extension, and then basically every team knows that they're wanting to get rid of the players. Um, And at this point in their years, I think Josh Bell has one more year uh, with the Nationals, and Juan Soto, I believe, has one more. I I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but... At this point, I, I don't think it's like a, a do or die trade or not, or like trade or get nothing. So at the same time, like I, I don't think the Nationals are going like, to fall for teams asking for too much necessarily. But at the same time, if they wait too long, then it can become a like do or die situation for the Nationals where they either trade or they get absolutely nothing. Well, a compensation pick from free agency or losing them in free agency. And so. I think that this is the best chance for the Nationals to make a trade that heavily favors them. And as teams get a, a, a little bit antsy, they, they can end up giving up a lot more than they initially intended uh, right before the trade deadline. So if anything happens to Soto or Bell, I think they gonna be traded right before 6 tomorrow when teams are going to be offering their highest value. But time after that, I do think that the Nationals are going to get the Raw end of the deal. And that's just kind of how it works. Like, you get too close to that guy not being on contract anymore. And then you start to hear things, and like that player doesn't want to play. And the contract negotiation is out of, you know, contention. Like, there's no way you're going to bring it back. So, like, you got to yeah. it in place. And then they just lose value. So, I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And so, um, but I'm, I do think that the Padres or Dodgers would be the only teams that could go after him, just with the, um, the farm systems that they do have.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I, I don't think – I think the Padres are in it. I think the Cardinals or those two are the, the favorites in my eyes. They never count out the Dodgers because that GM is very savvy um, and they love to make big splashes as – I mean, they're the second biggest team in the league um next to the Yankees so um and have the second best record in the league right now. so then with Juan Soto I I might uh I might have a little bit of fear in my heart set in there um obviously because then that outfield is just oh, it would just be absolutely incredible but that's beside the point hopefully that doesn't happen selfishly, I don't want Juan Soto to get to get traded and, and and it's for this reason if he doesn't get traded, He's still got at least two years. It's maybe three years on his contract after
1: this season. Okay, maybe, I had no idea. Yeah,
0: he has Josh Bell, on the other hand, I'm pretty sure is a free agent after this year. So he he had they have to trade him. Or he might even have one year left of arbitration. Um, He either has one or none left. But I, I know Juan Soto for certain has another two or three years left. Um, so I'm not br- blaming the Nationals here. They offered him a humongous contract, and he just said no. He's like, I, I don't, I want to be on a team that can compete. And he, he's right for thinking the Nationals don't have a great farm system, a really bad farm system, and their their major league talent right now is is Juan Soto and Josh Bell. That's pretty much, pretty much all they got. Yeah, Did Victor Robles maybe it is exciting, a little bit but um, it still has promise. But other than that, I might be forgetting somebody and uh, please roast me for that. But I I don't know this. I wouldn't blame the nationals put all of it on the nationals here. Um, They're, they're kind of putting in a hard spot because obviously you don't want to trade a generational talent like him. and, And they didn't want to, they're not pulling a red Sox with what the red Sox are doing with Bogarts and Devers and what they already did with Mookie Betts. So, yeah um also do you want to say any anything uh for christian vasquez i i also despise the red sox even more now for giving vasquez to the astros yeah it's painful
1: yeah uh, i i love christian vasquez and always well he won a world championship with the red sox and honestly without him i don't see it happening he commanded the pitching staff really well in 2018 um so, yeah, I mean, forever, a huge Christian Vasquez fan came up through our farm system. i had been rooting for him since A or single A or whatever. Um, I, I love that dude. Uh, it, it's, it's sad to see him go, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't see it coming. Uh, I think I said this in the last podcast. If we're not buyers or sellers, that's a guy that you trade because he's having a good year. You can sell high on him. But likely the return that you're going to get for Vasquez isn't necessarily like buying in long term. Like if you're going to sell Vasquez, go ahead and get a guy who you think might be better than Vasquez in the everyday lineup. And, and the Red Sox, I think it's confusing a lot of people. But today the Red Sox have traded away Vasquez and traded for Reese McGuire, who's a, uh, a current catcher in the league. He's most recently played with the White Sox, 27 years old. Um, hasn't really gotten a lot of time. He's not the primary catcher, but uh, I mean, he's solid catcher. Nothing, you know, to write home about. But like, it is what it is. I I think what the Red Sox are doing is they're realizing that maybe Vasquez isn't as good as what he's playing to, and maybe get some value for him while you can, but still uh, attempt to fill in major leaguers that you know don't cause a downtick in performance, which. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with it, but if that's what the talent evaluation is, it you know is what it is. Um, I will always support Vasquez because he's been here and he's been able to prove that um, he can play in Boston, he can play in the playoffs. And so, uh, again, it pains me to see him go, I probably wouldn't have made the same decision, but I, I can see where they're coming from. Again, they're neither buyers nor sellers. It's just an opportunity to... Uh, kind of stand pat and get some resources when you yeah
0: and get some value on a soon to be free agent when you have bogarts who's going to be a free agent um you have devers only with one more year of team control so you have a lot of other guys coming off the books or bigger players and vasquez may be playing a little bit over his head right now but there's not many catchers in the league that can hit like him period um there just isn't it's Wilson Contreras who still is on the board arguably the second biggest name uh yet to be traded um Luis Castillo and Frankie Montas were other huge names who have already been traded but there's some big names still out there the Cubs have yet to really other than trading Scott Efros, um they've really they haven't traded David Robertson yet they haven't traded Ian Happ they haven't traded Wilson Contreras so they're they're Like we said, Josh Bell wants Soto already. Um, There's a lot of guys still out there and a lot of moves to be made um, before this deadline. Um, Another move that I just hate, I I despise seeing the Astros getting better at all. Um, And for them to now get Trey Mancini, how am I supposed to root against Trey Mancini?
1: Uh, I I don't know. Trey Mancini is... Incredible! I think everybody who is a baseball fan is rooting for him constantly, uh, even when he's in our division, even when the Red Sox play him countless times in a season. I will always root for the man. I don't give a shit if he hits a walk off against the Red Sox. I will welcome that. I think Trey Mancini is a stand up dude and a great baseball player. And I, I mean, anybody who beats cancer just has a lot of heart and um, a lot of people rallying behind them and. I think Trey Mancini is a good example of that. And, um, you know, I, I mean, he's he's probably, in my opinion, one of the, like, brightest and, like, happiest-looking guys in baseball. And so I just can't despise him. I can't root against him. I'll always root for him. I feel the same way about Benny. Um, those are two guys that I just can't root for no matter what team they go to.
0: Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. For a man that, I mean – he came back from stage three cancer, colon cancer, and and that's, I mean, that's a pretty deathly form of cancer. Um, and it, it, stage three meaning it, it spreads to surrounding tissues. Um, so I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a feat unlike any other comeback player of the year. Um, one of the uh, one of the most stand up guys in the league. From from everything you hear about him, and you're right. I mean, I was at the Orioles game, and you could see his smile from a mile away every time he came up. Um, I, me and and a few of the Yankees fans around me clapping for him. Like, I mean, it, it it's just a stand-up guy, and I I despise that I have to now root against him very badly that he's on the Astros because he didn't do any. He so. hasn't he hasn't done anything wrong. Um, he hasn't defamed the game of baseball like the likes of Altuve um, and Bregman have, um, or Gurriel, or or even Verlander. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's yeah. maybe that was part of the Astros' plan here, just to put one of the best Get the guys, of the
1: guys. Yeah, one they of the got most. got like, too.
0: Yeah, put put some really likable guys that just love the game, playing the game of baseball, and love to be out there on the team, and they'll start to win back other fans. They're not going to win me back anytime yeah. soon. I, I'm not. I'm not going to forget, them you know, cheating that badly um, in 2017. Yeah.
1: No, and, I I completely agree with that. But at the same time, you take a step back and look at this roster. The only two guys that I really hate are Altuve and Bregman. Like, Jordan Alvarez, you can't help but love that dude. Like, he is just absolutely mashing the ball. Yeah. Was nowhere around when they were cheating. And, like, I, I mean, he just came up and he's doing his thing and he's a young player in the game. And, like, now they got Mantini and Vasquez. And, like, when you look at their roster top to bottom, like, all those guys are going to be gone. And it kind of leaves you thinking, like, well, I guess I don't hate this team anymore because it was so roster-based. Like, it was yeah. brought up by the players. And, like, it, yeah, it was, you know, uh, done by like A.J. Hinch and like some of the front office guys, but all those guys are gone. So it's just like, it's painful to think that way because I'm so ingrained now to just hate the Astros, but I don't know if I can do that for much longer. Just like actually seeing who's on this team because they are putting together a group of likable guys of good ball players, And honestly, I mean, they're doing a good job getting rid of that image.
0: Yeah, but the ownership's still there. Um, it's still in there somewhere. There, not everybody in that front it office is.
1: got fired.
0: There's yeah. still definitely some some weasels left in that Astros organization. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm and uh, yeah, as long as Altuve and Bregman are still there, and even even a guy like Gurriel, um, who you now see having a, a terrible year, um, but. Verlander too def, was most definitely on that team and is still the the poster child of that um, rotation. Now I know he wasn't hitting, and she, but he knew what was going on. So um, yeah, and
1: as did Garrett Cole. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how Gamby feels about him.
0: Oh wait, was Garrett has Garrett Cole ever won a World Series? Was that, was he on that team in 2017? No, I, I think but, but your, what your
1: team facts. did he start using Spider Tech with? I and think you start, me they weren't the year after. I,
0: I think you should start checking your facts. I, I that's all <laughs> I want to say. You're lying
1: um, to me. You know you know he used Spider only when he went to Houston, and you know that they were. What's the un- problem with okay?
0: the thing with Spider is Glass now was using it on the Rays. Stopped using they they banned it mid season. We had this conversation. Um. Uh, I, I don't think we had an episode about spider attack, but we can have that conversation again now. I mean, it, to, to ban it mid-season that a thing was legal, and then you're saying, oh, it's illegal now. It, mid-season, and to have these guys adjust, it's just, its it was crazy. And, and to tell me that Garrett Cole was the only high-profile guy using it is crazy. Verlander was on that team too, and there's no doubt in my mind he was using it. Um, and that whole roster was getting every advantage that they could to, to win baseball games. Um, and that anybody in the league would, um, because it was legal. It's just like a sticky substance that helps you grip the ball. So it's not like they're pumping stuff into their arms to make the arm stronger. Um, like Roy's do for, for hitters, uh, like the Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire's of the world. Um, but without that, let's get to back to baseball now. Um, the Red Sox last week, I don't know. We were watching some of their games when you were here this weekend, and it was sad to see. Um, they did not put up much fight this weekend um, in their games against the Brewers. Um, they did we win. Won. On, they won on Sunday, yes. Avoided the sweep. Avoided the sweep, um, but they don't look good. And And you said they're not – buyers and not sellers they're sellers they're they're not going to compete um they just
1: they just got tommy fan yeah,
0: okay for, tommy,
1: for a pt bnl
0: yeah a player to be named yeah good good acronym tommy fan is best known for slapping jock peterson over a fantasy football league so uh he's not he i mean he's past his prime on the baseball field he's still a solid player um a decent bat on a decent glove, but that that's it. Um, Vasquez is a plus catcher, um, and you, did not repl- you cannot replace that this season, and you cannot replace, as you just said, that jovial guy in the locker room. Um, Bill, I won't even talk about your prediction from last week and the Red Sox record from this past week, but how do you think they'll respond this week um, after the week they just had and after just trading Christian Vasquez? How do you think that'll play out? over the course of this this next week sweep what they're sweeping both the series they have
1: yeah sweeping the week baby
0: oh my god you don't believe it no who do they play i'll believe Uh, it if if they play oh my god
1: and uh yeah this says how much Red Sox I've been watching lately. Yeah, wow. This is the first time I, I
0: think you've been stumped on who you play next week.
1: Yeah, I'm usually right on it. Oh, we're playing Kansas City, the, the Benny list Kansas City Royals.
0: Oh, in a four game set. All right. So you got seven games this week. So you're saying <laughs> seven, seven and oh. Yeah. Okay. I. I, I'm just going to put a realistic thing out there against the Astros. They lose two out of three and they win three out of four against the Royals. There, there we go. They go four and three in my eyes this week and, and get back on the right foot. Cause they're still a talented roster. Um, Devers still being hurt. Definitely help, hurts them, but the Yankees on the other hand, have a three game set at home against the Mariners um, without Julio Rodriguez um, without Ty France, Without a couple of these big hitters in in Mariners' lineup, so we can, we get lucky, um, but that's only because Julio Rodriguez was plunked plunked by the Astros, um, yeah, when, and he's out for ten days. Um, and then they were up in in arms the next day. You know, retaliation is is never great. Um, but when Altuve no, got,
1: retaliation is baseball,
0: yeah, it is, it is. Um, and but when Ast- I saw Astros fans on Twitter tearing apart the Mariners for, a t- for throwing a pitch at Altuve because they were like, oh, the pitch to Rodriguez was was an accident. Really? You knocked, you knocked the Mariners' best player, a rookie sensation, a guy who was absolutely on fire um, and carrying this team in the second of the division. They're catching up to the Astros, putting a little bit of pressure on them in the division, um, and you plunk him. And he, now he's on the DL. He's probably out at least two weeks um, with, with a right at wrist injury. Um, and it doesn't they, matter
1: if it's an accident. Yeah, I mean, so they, it, it, it's scary
0: fight. though. It, it's always scary getting hit with a with a 90 mile an hour pitch. Um, yeah, and it was a high pitched Altuve. I I don't like to see that as much as I despise Altuve. Um,
1: a high pitched Altuve would hit Judge in the butt.
0: <laughs> You're not wrong about that. But back to my prediction. Uh, I'm sorry to go on that side note. This team, this Yankee team, has been electric at home, and with all the new guys coming in, we're gonna sweep the this Mariners team at home in a three-game set. Then we get a travel day to go to the Cardinals, who have yet to make a move. They've been rumored to be in on Montas, in on Castillo, the front runners to get Soto, but they're yet to make a move. Um, so, if they get this, you're right. You were. You think the Nationals might not get a hole? I think the Cardinals might be pushed here to give the Nationals everything they got for Soto now because they haven't made a move yet. And they're right in the thick of things. The Brewers trade away Hader. Um, they're still, they still got, we watched, they have an excellent setup man in Devin Williams who has a 1-5 ERA this year, who has a nasty changeup. So he'll step into that closer role. The Brewers still leading that division, but the Cardinals are, are two games out. Of the division, so, and it's Yad Molina's last year, Pujols' last year. They they're sending it. They're definitely buyers, um, so I think they'll be high pressed to make a move, and I think we play Soto in the weekend series, and I think he has a couple bombs, and he punishes the Yankees for not trading for him and the Cardinals win the series at home two out of three, and the Yankees end up going four
1: and two this week. That's a hell of a prediction right there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but that that's it. That's Wait, that's, wait. I have a oh, realistic yeah. prediction. So okay. I do think the Red Sox are going to sweep this week. I just do. I feel it. Um, but for those of you – Gambi, who don't think that that's a realistic prediction. I'm going to throw one more realistic prediction out for you guys. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Josh Bell to the Red Sox. Wow! We're buying, and we're going to win the fucking World Series. <laughs> I, if you do that
0: this year, coming back from last place in the division as we stand right now, and 18 games back of the Yankees, um, another. Four games back of the wild card. I don't I don't see this team buying anybody and giving up prospects, especially them having to pay the money they have to if, if they want to keep Xander and Devers. Um, I just don't see it. I just hope for your sake that they don't lose Mookie, Xander, and Devers all in the span of five years because that would be embarrassing. Um, yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, I would feel bad for you. That this would be the first time I would feel bad for you as a Red Sox fan. Um, but uh yeah, that does it for us. Next episode, we'll have a full recap of the trade deadline. We'll have the biggest winner from the trade deadline, biggest loser from the trade deadline. Um one of the most so last year going into going into um the trade deadline, the Braves made a lot of savvy moves. Um they still they finished the, the season as a wild card and end up winning the world series. So the best team in the regular season did not win, um, the world series last year. That's for certain. So we'll pick a sleeper team out of this trade deadline, a team we thought made savvy under the radar moves. Um, yeah, we'll pick all those three teams and we'll have a breakdown of our favorite teams. Um, this, this Wednesday or Thursday, Thursday, probably the episode will, will be released, um, as, as per usual. Um, Beal, that does it for me. Um, As always, y'all, enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your lunners. We love y'all. Bill, I love you. Uh, You stick it. I
1: love you too, Gamby.
0: You stick it to within one foot um, of the cup consistently, and uh, that's just incredible to me. I I don't know how you do it. Um, Maybe one of these days you'll – I don't know.
1: I will uh,
0: that 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 uh talent will rub off will, will rub off on me on the golf course, but uh, hopefully,
1: your Jackie Chan to the Karate Kid. I will do that for you.
0: Oh wow!
1: Yeah, I will take you under my wing and show you the ways.
0: <laughs> I can show you the world. <laughs>
1: oh boy! <laughs> yeah, oh boy is right. That's that's on, what this podcast is turning into. On that note, I'm Good out. Boy. Bill, please take us out. 7 and 0 this week, baby. 7 and 0.